Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget. Happy New Year and welcome to the 49er Faithful UK show. I'm Gareth Ellis and it's a happy new year to Naji Karar. Hello, happy new year. And a happy new year to Lee Gowland. Happy New Year, guys. Welcome back. So, have you had a good break, and did you get any nice, tasty Niners gear from Santa? Go on, I'll shoot off first with that, since we've just been talking about it. Yes, mm-hmm. we've got a few Niners uh, bits and bobs, a few pieces of San Francisco Giants and Golden State Warriors. In fact, I'm actually stood wearing my uh, Steph Curry Golden State Warriors T-shirt at the moment. A um, couple of 49er beanies, a couple of T-shirts... Um, a couple of Giants t-shirts and a Giants polo. So yeah, it was quite a nice Christmas for me as far as San Francisco merchandise is concerned. <laughs> They've done well. Uh, How about yourself, Najee? No, nothing this year, but um, I think we're saving money, you know, to like try and go over as soon as we can, really. Um, maybe uh, maybe next year. I think that's the idea. I've got so many jersey because obviously I don't buy mine uh, from official channels so they're cheaper so i've got so many <laughs> i also have too many hats um so i think i'm getting the message basically um <laughs> people don't buy them to me because i've got too many but no it was a good, good time you know uh, I, I needed some other stuff for for christmas some vinyl stuff and some music and stuff like that so i'm very happy it was good what about you gareth some gear some good times no uh, no no niners gear um a little bit of money a few uh it's a chocolate and some some toys that was yeah, quite chocolate. nice yeah. <laughs> i think uh, like you I, i'm i'd rather save the money i'm i'm desperate to get back over uh, yeah if it hadn't been for covid I, I undoubtedly would have gone in the last couple of years so uh, yeah. yeah can't wait can't wait to get back definitely jealous of uh, of neil over there watching yeah. the game even though he couldn't couldn't watch his his guy uh, but yeah definitely super jealous about that yeah, and it's, always, it's always good to see some of the UK faithful uh, making yeah. it games over there and uh, representing, I think is the yeah. phrase. So Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a leap as well, isn't it? Because, you know, with the situation as it is now, it's, you know, buying the tickets and getting over, it's kind of risky. So I'm, I'm glad he managed to do it, get there, get the game in. You know, there could have been a whole of issues that could have happened and sent him back home. So I hope you had fun. I hope everybody had a good time. Yeah. So uh, we have missed a couple of shows, uh, including a, a Titans game review, but we're <laughs> not going to go over any old stuff. Uh, and we're going to go straight into talking about the Niners 23 to 7 home win uh, over the Texans. Talk all week have been about Jimmy G's thumb, which led to Trey Lance making his second NFL start. The offense struggled, uh, not just Trey. I think the offense as a whole struggled in the first half, but found some rhythm in the second half to put up 20 points and make the game actually quite comfortable at the end. But there's only really one place to start, which is the performance of Trey Lance. So I'm going to hand you over to to Jimmy's biggest fan, uh, Najee Kawar. <laughs> you know, I think if we want to talk about Jimmy as well as, as Trey in, in terms of, you know, comparing the two and what the season could have been had, had we had one over the other and et cetera, because, you know, we drafted him high and we kind of all expected Trey to start and blah, blah, blah. Well, I think Sunday showed that why Kyle is stuck with Jimmy all season. Uh, clearly, the offense has 
got a much better rhythm when he's in it. And I think it's just down to experience, knowing the playbook better, you know, fitting into an NFL game as in general a lot better. And, and you know, the fact that Trey Lance hasn't really played quarterback, you know, his entire life that much. So obviously um, it's a big step up to get to the NFL and the speed. And, and but, but I think overall, I... I was very happy with his performance. I think it was expected that it would be a slow start and it would struggle a bit. Um, but I saw everything that I'm I'm hoping he's going to develop and get better at. And and I think the future is bright. And I, if it's cemented to me why I wanted to see him. Because to me, what's lacking the most in Trey at the moment is just game time experience. Um, you know, as they say, the game's slowing down. Um, but he played well. He didn't run that much. Um, definitely nowhere near as much as he did against Arizona back in week three. Um, and he threw some really beautiful ball and some deep throw and kind of all over the field, you know. Started to take his chair down later in the third quarter, which I was screaming at him in the first and second. Just take your check down. Just give it to George on a fourth down, for God's sake. He'll, he'll get the first down. Um, but I think overall, yeah, and expected rookie performance but uh at the end of the game above average especially with the you know the, the game score and the score line and all that i think he he had a good stat line as well as looking good really what did you think so i think i'm going to go in a completely opposite direction to you Naji. Okay. um so I'll, I'll start off with trey the the first half was hard viewing it, it was dire yeah. to watch but i don't think that has got anything at all to do with Trey I don't think it's got anything at all to do with the offensive players and chemistry or getting getting used to a new rhythm I think this is solely on the shoulders of Carl Shanahan I think Carl Shanahan called a really poor first half up until the final three minutes he called a really poor first half and what it reminded me of is the game you've just mentioned I thought the first quarter and the first two thirds of the second quarter was in, was a carbon copy of the Cardinals game when Trey started his very first game. It looked exactly the same. It just looked as though he was struggling all the time. It looked it was horrible to watch. Gave me no enjoyment watching that whatsoever. But then in the final th- two, three minutes of the first half, all of a sudden Kyle's dialing in passing players for him. Yeah. And all of a sudden he looks like a completely different player. He, he looks like the type of player we expected a rookie quarterback with talent to look like. He, he was rough around the edges but he pulled off some really good throws. And then that continued in the second half, and he looked like, looked like a completely different player. And to me, that's not on Trey. This is all on Kyle Shanahan and the way Kyle chose to call the players. So for me, that game last night, this was Kyle learning. It wasn't Trey learning. It was Kyle learning how to use him. And he must have had a light bulb moment where he thought, you know what, I've tried this against the Cardinals. I've done it for a quarter and a half now. It's not yeah. working. Let the kid throw. Let the kid yeah. throw and see what he can do. I think the two-minute drill towards the end when, you know, we were seven point down and we kind of had to open up a little bit. Otherwise, yeah. we would have gone in the half really on a downward spiral. I, I done that drive finished in some kind of points or at least, you know, positive yardage right you know if we'd gone free and out again um that would have probably been a very different game but i thought the fact that he just kind of went for it and just you know because it's the end of the half and the worst that's going to happen is um even if 
tray throws another pick, it, they'll, they won't have that much time and quite a lot of field to work with. So the, the stakes were quite low. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought, as you said, it was a light bulb moment because he, he completed that big pass to, uh, I can't remember who now, was it? Was that a big run by Ayuk? The way where he juked a, a defender. I can't remember, but it, it had a big play and I think Carl just went, oh, okay, so he can actually do this um, and, and pretty well. So let's let's just open it up and see what the kid can do. And, and then he showed up, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Or Garth. Garth. I was just going to see if you had anything else to add, uh, Lee. That's quite quite succinct. Um, so, so <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a polite way of saying it. <laughs> um, so uh, there was a lot of really really good throws that he made. Obviously, he had the interception. It was a poor throw. It was underthrown. Um, another half a ball hide up, and he probably would have gotten over that defender. Um, but then again, there was another defender coming right behind Kittle and he had two open receivers on that play as well. So yeah. that was a bad choice. Um, there's been mention of the one that uh, Ayuk caught to get us into field goal position towards the end of the first half. That could have been intercepted. There's absolutely no way that ball was getting intercepted. The <laughs> defender did really well to jump high enough to tip it. Yeah. At, at worst, that was just going to be an incompletion. There's no yeah. way that was going to be intercepted. Um, he had a few others where it just looked as though it was either underthrown or inaccurate. Um, the one I can think of most, I think this was, I think this was actually a fourth down play, mm. and he was throwing it out to Debo, and he threw it three yards in front of him, yeah. while Debo was still running to the sideline before he even turned. So I don't know if that was to do more to do with chemistry, expecting Debo to cut in. But what I will say is his best throw, it wasn't the Kittle one-handed grab. I don't think that was the best throw or the Debo throw or the Ayuk throw. I thought the best throw he had all game was the one to J1 Jennings when yeah. he threw it with anticipation before Jennings had even turned around. He knew yeah, exactly where he was supposed yeah. to go to. Yeah. 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 And that, it was to a... me, showed a lot more than what we see from Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. I, th I thought the throw was a bit low, which, you know, Gareth, you, you, you'll know because you've studied so much tap in, in draft time. Sorry. <laughs> in draft time. Um, and that's kind of one of, one of the things that he showed on tape. Sometimes he would throw balls to the ground rather than the receiver mechanic-wise. Um, so that throw was a bit, you know, the Jennings one where he kind of like caught it and fell on his bum. And I think that was a fourth down as well, or, or a big third down anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. There was there was a couple of throws which I, I really like. The one to kill, I think the, even the pick, I, I like the throw. I don't have a problem with it. It just didn't see the the guy underneath and he got robbed. This is the kind of thing that you learn. You know, it's it's a zone. There's probably somebody underneath you. If you throw that ball, you have to throw it a little bit higher or you know on an arc so the the guy can't cut underneath. But the the throw was on the money. I think you know if. If that Desmond King isn't there, it's it's on George as it turns around. So, um, yeah, I didn't have any problem with any other throws. Uh, you know, I've seen Jimmy <laughs> throw way worse passes uh, in in previous games. But yeah, what did you think, Gareth, mechanic-wise and throws and that kind of stuff? Happy overall? Yeah, I was looking for a marked improvement from the Cardinals game, and I think uh, he showed that. I think the the first half performance, as Lee said, it's not necessarily all on on Trey Lance. I thought uh, offensive line struggled, 
yeah. particularly in that first half. And and credit to the Texans, they organised a very good defence, and they they gave us no no space at all for those end arounds from uh, Debo Samuel. They sniffed those out all through that first half, uh, and we struggled to get the run game going. And we've seen how the whole offence struggles if you can't quite get that run game and can't quite get the rhythm going. And that clearly isn't going to help a, a, a rookie quarterback. But I thought he grew into the game. I actually think his best throw was uh, a very quick throw over the middle uh, in stride to Debo Samuel that he dropped. I think it was in about the third quarter. Uh, yeah. it, was a, it was a quick decision and he got the release. You know, it's it's done in seconds and he's rifled the ball right in where it needed to be. And unfortunately, Debo couldn't quite quite gather it in. Uh, and, and Brandon Ayuk had a good game, I think, in support. And I was very pleased to see him distribute the ball. Jermichael Hasty got a catch. You mentioned the one there with Juwan Jennings. Uh, he's moved the ball around. I think Ayuk obviously got a lot of the uh, the targets. But it looked like he can run the offense. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to say it. I don't think his performance is is really that different from many of the ones that Jimmy has put in this season. So that's going to lead me into the next question, really. That it was similar to a Jimmy performance. Who do you think will give us the best chance to win versus the Rams? Who's in right now? <laughs> I, I think it's Jimmy. I just think purely because, first of all, the Texans aren't a good team. So it, the, the performance by Trey and the team in general is somewhat kind of shaded by the fact that we were playing Houston and not, you know, a playoff team and and we needed to win that game and one might say it should have been a little bit more comfortable than it was you know uh, even though it ended up being um but i purely to the fact that jimmy has more of the playbook um so obviously in terms of attacking a, a good defense that has aaron donald and jaron ramsey it's better to have more plays um so you can keep them off their toes and you know and and keep get getting them guessing uh, into what's happening. Um, in terms of pure, uh, you know, uh, ability, I think they're kind of both very similar, uh, which, I, you know, I think if if the Saints had lost, I'd say just put Trey in because we would be in and it wouldn't matter. But now that we have to win, uh, and I think the Rams are going to play to get to win the division, it's going to be a, a nail-biter. And, and, and when, you know, the game comes down to inches or up is probably going to be a play here or a play there. I think Jimmy's got more experience to to lead us to a win. Lee? Well, I'm going to be succinct again and say I've got nothing more to add to that. That's exactly the same way as I feel. I think, um, yeah, had the, had the, uh, the Saints lost, then by all means put Trey in next week yeah. and let's develop yeah. him a little bit further. But at the moment, Jimmy still gives us the best chance to win purely because we can utilise more of the playbook. Simple as that. We've got the chemistry there, um, but I do have my doubts whether or not it'll be fit to play next week. I think the injury he has will affect his throw. And um, if it it was a case he was an elite thrower and it just brings him down to a very good thrower instead of an elite thrower, then yeah, but he's not. He's a good thrower. And this will probably bring him down to below average. As, As we saw for the majority of the game against the Titans, after he suffered the injury, he just wasn't quite the same person. He had a couple of drives that were okay, but he wasn't quite the same person. So I'd be concerned at the extent of the injury, but I still believe Jimmy would give us the best chance of beating the Rams. 
Rather oh, than I mean, if if Jimmy Trey. can't play, obviously, yeah, I'd I'd rather have Trey. You know, oh yeah, just, yeah. Beca- just because Trey does bring something that Jimmy doesn't is that be, you know being able to extend the play uh, a little bit and and sometimes a lot. You know that that one in the end zone when he goes left and it goes right, Jimmy doesn't do that. Um, so uh, you know, I think if Jimmy is not a hundred percent, and I mean it, a hundred percent. I I would rather see I would rather see Trey, and um, it's just the fact that I don't think we can afford to go at the half with three points against the Rams, because um, we'll be probably in a hole, you know, fourteen three or something, and and that would be very hard to to come back up. And we're not playing the Texans next week. We're playing the Rams in their building, um, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna need a a good performance from a good Jimmy to win to beat them, I think. So that's what I'm, I'm saying, Jimmy. What do you think of Trey, Jimmy? I think Jimmy is probably the sensible answer, but yeah. I, if Trey has to start, I don't actually think our chances of winning the game change dramatically from Jimmy G to Trey Lance. I don't think that there's necessarily that huge difference there that you might expect between a QB1 and a QB2. I, I, from what I saw there, I, that's the sort of performance we see from Jimmy time and again. Some great throws, some daft throws, a silly interception, a couple of missed open receivers, a couple of misplaced passes. And, and Trey Lance has, has done the same after eight quarters than Jimmy's doing after eight years. So, um, I, But I think Jimmy's probably the sensible decision if he's 100%. But I'm uh, I'm secretly hoping it's it's Trey makes a second start. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> So on the defensive side of the ball, we held the Texans to only seven points. Some good performances again, mostly in the second half, from uh, a lot of places on the defensive side. Uh, Lee, anyone uh, on the D that you want to pick out for special mention? Yeah, definitely. Um, Marcel Harris. So I've been adamant that Marcel Harris is not a linebacker and he's just a wasted position on the team. But I thought he played really well last night. I did. I thought he played really, really well and I was quite surprised about that. I thought um, Dante Johnson was unlucky with that pass interference call. I, I thought agree. it was very, very soft indeed. And when he came on, it, it was just really bad luck that they put him on the play after Josh Norman got the pass interference. And the very first thing he does is pass interference. Yeah, yeah. But for the rest of the game, he seemed to be He's fairly solid. Yes. Yeah. So I need to call him out as well because obviously we call him a bad penny over the uh, over the episodes over the season. It's been a good year. He's having a quite he, good he year. Is, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he seems to pop up with interceptions. He does, yes. He just seems to be able to get them. Yeah. And uh, Ambry Thomas, he nearly had one. Almost had one. That was pick six as well. Yeah. All the way. Oh, I was whiffing it into his hands. He was unlucky. But, I mean, the coverage on the guy was absolutely excellent. So, I mean, let's not take away from the fact that he didn't get the uh, interception. It was excellent coverage by him on that particular player. Yeah, again, uh, I was going to mention Ambry Thomas because over the last three games that he started and he's had to cover some, you know, (laughs) some very good people, you know, Julio Jones and Jamar Chase, which, you know, we all saw what he can do to a defense. Um, And then Brandon Cooks isn't, you know, a nobody. He's been in the league for a while and he's a good good guy. So I really like the the improvement I see every week from him. and you know it's almost culminated to, as I said, as we just said, a pick six potentially. Um, and then if it wasn't for the big pass interference on on Brandon Cooks at the end, which you know 
he wasn't deep. He was getting closer. And uh, again, I'd rather have a PI like this on a 50-yard, you know, 50-yard pass than letting the guy catch the ball and and then score a touchdown or whatever. So I I'm just I'm really happy with the, the improvement I see out of him. And I think if he carries on like this with a good training camp last, you know, next year, he's, he's definitely going to be a, a starter for us and a starter for a while. Uh, and that's good to see because boy, do we need corners? Because Josh Norman is just, <laughs> oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, good, just the, the improvement. That's what we. I think that's what we all wanted to see out of Thomas, and kind of what we wanted to see out of Lenore if you know if he got a chance to get in, um, or any rookie really. That's what you want to see. I think Ufanga was kind of in the same path until the injury. Um. But, you know, again, I'm going to say you get better playing football by playing football. It's quite simple sometimes. and But it's good that it's happening and it's not regressing or stagnating. And But you can see if he carries on getting better at this, um, he's going to turn into a good corner. And that's, you know, in the passing league, you, you need those guys. So, so, yeah. And, you know, I thought Fred Warner is quietly getting better and better every game you know he's picking he's so fast he seems like he's found another gear the past couple of games um so you know if we can round up and you know get all our injured player back and greenlow and arshair i think uh, i think we're good and i think staff is gonna it's gonna have a bit of nightmare on uh, saturday night hopefully <laughs> hopefully you didn't pick out anyone uh on the uh on the d line which again oh, I, thought, half. I thought the d line were excellent uh all of them really but armstead i think had a great game i had that was a name i had uh written yeah. down it's i think it's good to see everybody seems to be contributing some of these guys that have struggled are now getting in that tackle for loss and breaking up plays so it's it's good to see the D-line has continued, I think, to get better. And the Texans' O-line is is reasonably good. So they certainly had a, a decent workout. Definitely. I mean, even, you know, somebody like Charlo Manny, who, who, who picked up, you know, at the trade deadline, uh, he, could, he could have had a massive play on that. It was a fourth down, I think it was. He almost got that and around the, the, the jet sweep. Um but he sniffed it out. It just wasn't quick enough to make the tackle. But he, you know, he's making those kind of play every game, and that's kind of what you need out of a number two or three D line. Um, bit worried about Bosa. He's seemed to have been taking a bit of a backseat the last couple of games. Maybe he's just keeping it to um, again to make Matthew Stafford uh, as miserable life as he can on Sunday. Yeah, I think on uh, I think last night. Bosa was like double, triple teamed yeah, last night, yeah. which is why the likes of uh, Ebu Kam was getting to the quarterback yeah. at will. Um, so I think that was the, that was the reason they put a lot of protection over on Bosa's side. So I'm, I'm not too worried about it because it obviously showed on the opposite side they were wide open yeah. and we were able to make plays. So I'm, I'm not too worried about the way Bosa played. Um, Arden Key, Arden Key again. I, I thought Arden yeah. Key had a good game. <laughs> I understand why he got the flag for, for roughing the passer, but mm. again, I still think it was really yeah. soft. I mean, the, the size of the two players, when you go around them, Arden Key's massive. Yeah. I mean, his arm's, his arm's obviously going to trail that high up. It's, I just thought it was a no-call type player. 
Well, no, this one is just this one is 100% all the time. It's the knee thing. If somebody's in your knee, you can't go high. It's just one of them. It's but it's impossible for these guys to stop. I mean, yeah, it's un- unfortunate, <laughs> very unfortunate. It just it keeps getting calls after call after so, call. So I'm not talking about the low hit call. Oh, so okay. that, that that one completely understand. Then we got one from um, hit, hitting the quarterback around the head, and basically his, his arm was just coming round him. Wasn't and that tart? Was, I thought it was tart on the blitz when he jumped up high and grabbed. Oh, I might be wrong then. I, I thought it was Arden Key again. No, I thought it was. I think it was Jacoby's guitar. Um, yeah, but that's just unfortunate, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it just happens. So we head into week eighteen last week of the season with the way ahead fairly clear if we win or indeed tie versus the rams uh, we're in if we do fail to get a result uh, in los angeles we are then relying on the saints losing to maintain our uh, playoff position so looking back at the season as a whole and particularly maybe where we were when we were sort of three and five that sort of uh, part of the season are you guys happy to be where we are now, or are you kind of disappointed that you feel we should have already clinched a playoff spot with a week to spare? Naji. No, I, I'm disappointed. And it, it just comes down to, to, for me anyway, a couple of games that I we haven't talked much because we're trying to forget about them as much as, as quick as possible. That's the two Seahawks games. Um I'm not too fussed about the Packers game. You know, we see where the Packers are. They're a good team, and it comes down to a field goal. I'm not too fussed about the Colts. The weather was horrible. Jimmy was horrible. Uh, you, you, you know, but the Colts are probably in the playoffs. Um, I'm not too fussed about, you know, losing to the Cardinals. We, we see where they are now. The, you know, losing against good team isn't too much of a problem. The two loss against... Against the Seahawks, I really have a problem with, um, and at least one of them for sure. The one we played at home, and we, we had the game in the bag, and we should have never lost that game. Um, so disappointed because a it's division B Seattle, and C only one of those games, and and we'd be in. And it just shows how how yes, it's very important to be week to week and not look back and not dwell and and just focus on the next game, but also you got to win games when game you know when you're playing bad teams and Seattle are a bad team um and we should have won at least those at least one of them um you know uh, so yeah disappointed uh, just because of the Seahawks as per usual <laughs> Lee happy yeah, yeah well once again I'm going to agree with Najee here both those Seahawks games where we should have won we were the better team yeah. And I'm, I'm going to go back to what I said at the start of the show. I, I think we lost those games because of Kyle Shanahan, not because of the players that were on the field. Yeah. I think some of the player calling by Kyle has, has been very conservative, very, um, he's almost player calling scared at times. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. he doesn't want to lose games, so he's trying to be um, risk averse. And it's, it's come back to bite us. But we should be in the playoffs. We, we should have our place guaranteed already. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a nervous game on Sunday night obviously yeah. they've moved the Saints-Falcons game to kick off the same time as ours so yeah. that we don't know the outcome of one or the other um, so I, I think we're all going to be sat there a little bit nervous quietly sure. hoping the Falcons win because mm. I think secretly yeah. even though we're on a five win streak against the Rams we're all kind of thinking we're going to lose this game on Sunday night 
It's definitely an appeal power. As I said, they're, they're playing for the division. They're playing to play at home, you know, instead of going to Dallas or, or, to, or you know, going to, I, I don't know what could happen exactly in terms of thing, but they're going to want to win to play at home against, you know, us potentially or, or the Eagles and have an easier wildcard game. So, yeah, and it's not like the Falcons have shown anything <laughs> good in the past year or two or three even. So um, I think with the Saints defense playing the way they do, it, I mean, yeah. I, ultimately, though, I think the way we're going to look at it is we're still in control. Um, if we win, we're in. If we lose, we're not. And if we lose and we're not, then we'll only have ourselves to blame uh, because we could have, you know, maybe win a game or two against the Seahawks and a game against the Colts that was winnable without shooting ourselves in the foot and all the losses like the Titans uh, a week ago, which, you know, we should have been 24 up and the game should have been over at halftime. Um, so I think if ultimately if we don't make it, it won't be down to the Rams game. It will be to us shooting ourselves in the foot three or four times this season. And um, it'll be something we'll have to live with and learn from and get better next year and see what, what that takes us. But... I think at this point, we'll be all happy if we make it and try and make a push as far as we can. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the positives of the season is we're going into the last game of the season with the playoffs in our own hands, which is what we always wanted. We wanted to be competitive in the last few games of the season, which we are. We've now seen Trailands play two full games. We've seen progression in the second game from the first game, so that's got to be a positive. We know we're a good team. We know Kyle is learning as well. Last night's game proved that the way yep. he completely adjusted his play calling yeah, yeah. midway through that the second awesome. uh, quarter, uh, and it worked. So I think the is positives, even if we don't end up going to the playoffs, I think we will, because even though people are saying, you know what, the Falcons have got nothing to play for, it's a divisional rival game. Yeah, they'll play to spoil yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, they want to spoil their party. So I, I think there's a chance that the Saints. I think there's a big chance the Saints lose. Let's remember they've got so. Ian Book. Under sender. Oh, I've there still. I'm sure they have. That, wasn't that who played last night? Uh, I think Hill played. Uh, hold on. Let me find out. Who were they playing? They were playing. What was pa- Hill on COVID IR? He was last week. Ah, uh, right. I don't think he was this week. Uh, yeah, no, Hill was playing. 17 of 28, 220. Yep. Yeah, so that that's what I mean. They've got kind of there team back so you know cameras back and all that they're they're picking at the right time as well um yeah just you know win division games division games are very important um and this shows why because tiebreakers and all that stuff and well if we miss the playoff it's because we didn't win against the seahawks that's as simple as that or you know beat the cardinals playing with um Nobody <laughs> in the center, uh, Colt McCoy in the center. You know that that's the kind of thing when you look, we look back, we'll shoot ourselves in the foot, and that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. I think over, overall, I'm I'm quite pleased to be where where we are, considering where we were at at one point, yeah. Things yeah. until week eight, week nine, when thing yeah. the season was looking like it could go really, really quite badly. Um, we could have been looking at a losing season. So um, at that point, if you'd said we've got to go to the Rams and win to make the playoffs, I'd have been quite happy with that. 
Um, and yeah, we'll we'll see where it goes. But obviously, it's going to uh, define how we look at this season, whether it's been entirely successful in any way, or or whether it's it's been just too many disappointing games at too many critical points of the season. But there we are. That's it's the business end. That's why we follow the game. So, uh, anybody got anything else to add? Well, yeah, ultimately, I, I think I, I want to finish on a very high positive note because we can, you know, even if we miss the playoff, ultimately, this is a winning season for us. And it, we just happen to play in one of the best divisions in, in the league. And it'll be why we missed out the playoff. You know, finishing nine and eight after, you know, losing Jimmy for a few games again and, you know, to Jason Verrett. Um, injury, which is now that we look back, completely massive, and would have definitely changed the complexion of our season had we had JV with us. Um, I think you know we're finishing on positive, um, which means we're finishing quite high up the draft board. Which means that you know that first round pick that we gave to Gav Trey isn't as valuable as it could have been. So. You know, all positive. It's positive. Was this just only the second winning season by Kai? Um, so. That's better than you know four and twelve or whatever we were a, a year ago. So, um, yeah, so it's improvement, and I think, as you say, you know, we saw improvement from Thomas, improvement from Trey, improvement from, you know, we've discovered Elijah Mitchell. We had another hundred yard games, which is awesome, and he's now got a rookie record uh, for the Niners. Um, you know, all of these players are getting better, and. You know, we're still we're missing Kenlaw on the D line. <laughs> Greenlaw hasn't played all season. Um, I think that the future is bright, and whether we make it to the playoff or not is, you know, I think next year is going to be exciting. Uh, and then the playoff will just be cherry on top of this weird season that we had. Anything else, Lee? Yeah, a couple yeah. of announcements. Okay, so the Super Bowl meetup in Newcastle. Um, you need to pay me the money. Show me the money. <laughs> they made the money by the 14th of January at the latest, so I can secure the venue. Obviously, uh, Bojo is making an announcement tomorrow night. I don't expect there to be any more restrictions, um, re- regardless of rising cases. So we- we'll see what's going to happen tomorrow night. But I need that money by the 14th. Um, so that's for the Newcastle meetup. The second one, not quite sure who needs to hear this, but <laughs> Sky Max has shown all the Harry Potter films. <laughs> now what I would suggest you do if you want that full game day experience is listen to the first five minutes of the pod watch a Harry Potter movie listen to another five minutes watch another Harry Potter movie and so on that way it'll be exactly the same as watching the Titans game where every five to ten minutes all of a sudden a game of football broke out in between <laughs> Harry Potter adverts that's the best way to listen to it trust me <laughs> that's it for me sound sound advice a proper public service announcement there from lee i think <laughs> definitely so thanks uh thanks gentlemen thanks for joining me and early in the new year and let's Thank let's you. hope that the uh it's going to be a good year for everybody um yeah let's hope uh, anything niners related uh, thanks to everyone who listens to the show and makes comments in various places. Don't forget you can like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can find our YouTube channel by searching for 49er Faithful UK. We will be back later in the week with a Rams preview show. Until then, stay safe and go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. Love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time.
line Taylor Jerry Rice down the sideline NDB, greatest owner of all time Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick Where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget